straight white man, your time is okay. So you don't appreciate the Disney birds waking up every morning? Uh, no, he's like clearly practicing for his like one man Broadway show and all the other birds are just not having it. It's hilarious. Speaking of one bird shows, let's talk about Monster. <laughs> oh boy. Because... Oh God, I... <laughs> Yo, that movie was wild as fuck. You make sure that I have all of this straight. Basically, you have no experience, no college degree, no resume, no work history whatsoever, in fact. And now you would like to be a lawyer. Right. No, see, I was, um, I'm sorry, but when I read the ad, it said that you were looking for a secretary. Okay. Well, you need to learn how to type. You'll need computer skills. Most of our secretaries have college degrees. In fact, most of them have specialized in law. I don't mean to sound harsh but frankly it's a little insulting i see you're from daytona beach and all of that looks great it must be wonderful but can i tell you something when the beach party is over you don't get to say you know what i think now i'd like to have what everybody else has worked their entire life for it doesn't work that way fuck you man yeah fuck you you don't fucking know me okay great that's great see now i'm so sorry i didn't hire you before leslie could you please escort miss I don't even know her name because, of course, she doesn't have a resume out. I don't need him. Oh have you ever God. watched a movie and been like, you know, that was really well made and really competent and really good stories? Like, everything about it was good, but I hated it and I have no desire to watch it again. Bro, I don't even know how to... I, You know I'm really sort of OCD with, like, letterbox shit. Like, yeah. I just... Bookspark made me think of, like, my favorite teen movies or whatever but when i finished monster i legit did not know and i still haven't given like a rating yet like i don't know what to rate this movie like like for this to be it's a true story by the way well it's true events yeah it's true events like but you know it's from the perspective of charlie Theron being the producer of monster and her performance is really fucking jarring like it's so fucking hurt it's scary like i would just mm-hmm. say flat. it's fucking scary and i can definitely see this as a movie of where on the one hand it's definitely commentary on the abuse that women take and how it can basically create them to be hateful yep but then like she gets so consumed in the violence and the hate that yeah. it's like God, this is fucking gross. Initially, I thought, like, it was going to be, like, a commentary of, like, oh, she she has this kind of God complex, but, like, we as the audience kind of agree with her. But, like, the law obviously does not. 
you know, I thought that was kind of how it was going to go. And then it, yeah. it didn't go there. Uh, but then at, at the end of the courtroom scene where she's like, this is how you treat someone who was raped as a little girl. It kind of all clicked into my place in my head where it's like, well, she never had a chance, Yeah. you know, because this is, you know, she, she was harassed since she was eight years old. And like, of course, like there was never any option that wasn't this because she never got any help at all. Like, yeah. she didn't even have a consistent place to live. So I think it's it's more about that than it even is about, like, the murder. Because she doesn't murder indiscriminately. When she finds out one of the guys that she murders has, like, a wife in a wheelchair, like, he has a, she has a lot of guilt. Like, but at the same time, like, she I... She blows him away. I left that movie <laughs> physically exhausted and, like, deeply and profoundly unhappy like it is not an exaggeration to say that that movie ruined my day yeah like that's man i i just i can't get over that movie like i can't i can't well one i really i i agree that that's level of trauma that she suffered from being like sexually abused when she was a kid basically up until, you know, her adulthood being a prostitute and all that stuff. And, like, the, and you know, like, the scenario of her, like, you know, getting raped by her John, like, I can kind of see how that would cause, like, a conniption in anyone. Mm-hmm. But then to keep seeing it repeatedly happen... Especially to the last guy. Like, the last guy that got killed, like... Was trying to help? Yeah, like, it was like, he was just a guy that... He was just a guy that picked up a hitchhiker. Like, he wasn't, like... And he, like, offered her a place to stay. He was, like, super game to let her take the car. He literally says at one point, like, I won't report it. Yeah, like, he was... He was all in on the children's story. Yeah, like, he definitely did not deserve to die. And... When she killed him, it was kind of like, you know, god damn, like, I, I get it, but I don't get this. Murdering the John, and then even when she assumes that the the second guy she kills, when she assumes he's a pedophile because he likes to get called daddy, which, complete Made sidebar, yeah, complete sidebar, you know, there's a lot of sort of psychological analyzation you can do about people that get called mommy and daddy during sex <laughs> but but to assume that he's a pedophile like ugh, like it was a lot like it was it, it, it was, was a lot, lot but i also see as a child abuse victim how that jump is probably a lot more real for her yeah it is surprising to me, though, at, like, what? She's probably in her 30s, right? That it has taken this long to find someone who likes to be called daddy during sex. Yeah, I, but I think the movie is trying to say it's it's basically a combination of her getting raped, her basically forcing herself to hook again, and then this guy triggering the emotions she felt when she was getting raped. Yeah. And so... And, like, if you look at it from that end, the murder itself isn't justifiable, but you can at least identify the cause of her doing the killing. But, oh, my God, it was a hard-ass movie, man. Like, I seen, I saw a monster on 
you know, like like two like Tubi or like Hulu, they'll advertise movies mm-hmm. and they'll say like Academy Award winning Charlize Theron, and it's like, and she looks so fucking weird, like yep. trailer trash. And he's in, in the previews. It's just like, all right, like I'm I'm not read. I, I just see monster. I see I see a, a quasi no eyebrow disfigured woman mm-hmm. who's this beautiful actress and it says like she's winning awards i don't know anything about this movie at all and so it's like okay i'll keep this in the back of my mind like maybe one day i'll watch it yeah and then we developed ideas to do this episode and i was looking and saw you know who directed it patty jenkins and it was like okay like this oh, is wonder, wonder woman, woman woman yeah so i'm like you know she made wonder woman this movie monster, it can't be bad. Like, <laughs> well, so like, the thing for me is that like she directed Monster. Monster was like a sensation. Like I remember as like a six year old hearing about this movie. You know, not like in a like, hey, take your six year old kid to go see it, but in a like, Charlize Theron, like the most beautiful actress in the world at the time, widely considered. Although, you know, like, there were there are a lot of those. Uh, but still, like, she looked like that, you know? And it was a whole thing. People couldn't believe it. And then Patty Jenkins makes one of the most kind of successful Oscar bait films. And then directs an episode of Arrested Development. Directs an episode of Entourage. Makes, like, two made-for-TV movies. And then makes Wonder Woman like 15 years later, 12 years later. I mean, with her being a woman and coupled with what that movie was, like, it's it's really kind of easy to see if black if Hollywood like did an actual blackballing of her. Like yeah. the, the stretch is not the stretch is not need to be made. Well, like, she she was like, I was given the keys to the kingdom theoretically, but there were so many stipulations i didn't want them anymore you know everyone wanted me to play by their rules in the movie that i made i didn't play by any rules yeah you know and i, mean, I was shit. you know i was reading a lot about it because i was like how in the hell like and then how did she come kind of back out of nowhere to get wonder woman i mean that's a damn that's a like that's <sighs> a huge get yeah like, if i would have if i would have saw monster when it came out and then if I would have known the same woman that made Monster made Wonder Woman, I don't even know what I would even think going into Wonder Woman. Right. Like, like obviously she's she's technically skilled, and she she does maximize the most out of an actress. It's so weird. It, even going talking about Charlie Theron, like, what do we make of her career? Because she's like a good actress, but she's been in a ton of bad shit. Well, right, but even, like, I was just thinking, just to get back to the director thing, like, Zack Snyder only got the DC job because he'd made, like, a ton of good movies. And when I say good, I mean, like, good for the studio, like, profitable, like, not necessarily good. Your mileage may vary on some of his things. But, like, he made 300, he made Watchmen, he made Sucker Punch, like... He made a lot of movies that were successful. And then he was, hey, do you want to help us with this project we're working on? Whether or not he did a good job with that, I think is up up to your opinion. I don't think he did. 
But I also think he tried, and I appreciate that effort. So, you know, the fact that he, she was given this big movie after only making one movie and a couple TV shows and a couple TV movies, I appreciate the faith that they gave her, especially because it is so different than what she made. It's kind of crazy because those two movies are complete, like two completely different points on that, on a spectrum. Like they're the two ends pretty much. You know, Wonder Woman is a PG-13 popcorn flick and Monster is a hard R nightmare scape of yeah. human cruelty. But both of them are about how we treat women. Yeah. And I I don't know. I just thought it was really, really interesting, you know? But, like, yeah, to get back to Charlize, she's a very good actress. And she's also been in some fucking horrible movies. Yeah, because... I don't, I don't even, I don't really know what to make of her career. Like, I think maybe she just has to, one, I think, I think kind of on a space level, she's like a real hit and miss person with picking projects. And maybe she might be one of those actresses that never turns anything down. I mean, that could be it. Like, like it's, she's just a lot of duds. But then when she like maximizes her talent, like she does really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, she produces movies, so obviously she has, like, a lot at stake by being a part of this project. So maybe with that and coupled with being with a good director that did push her to, like, a new plateau that, you know, had been untapped because... I forgot that she was in Children of the Corn 3. Ooh, Jesus. And Hancock. Oh, my God. Oh, God, I remember that movie. And she was actually in the worst fast. Well, she was in the second worst Fast and the Furious movie. She's like, she also was also not- in one of the episodes of Arrested Development that Patty Walker, or not Patty Walker, um, Patty Jenkins directed. Oh, maybe that's maybe that's what she had discovered. I mean, I'm looking at the filmography. Well, this was after Monster. This was 2005. Oh yeah, like I'm looking at the filmography and. She's in the 2000s. She did like four movies. Uh, <laughs> I mean, oh my god, she's she's like cranking out movie after movie, year after year, and she just didn't say no. Like that's kind of the bottom line of it. Um, I forgot that she was in Prometheus. I forgot that she was in A Million Ways to Die in the West. I forgot I mean, that they made a sequel to Snow White and the Huntsman. Um. <laughs> I think she forgot that too until the check cashed. So I do remember oh that she God. was in Kubo and the Two Strings, though, which is excellent. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. She was in this movie called Gringo. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> oh my God. Not so, not to be confused with Rango, which is the animated Johnny Depp vehicle in which he plays a stop motion lizard. Oh no, so Gringo was about uh these uh, people trying to, this is acting African dude, and he's trying to get put up by white people to buy weed in Mexico. So, very. Oh ac- my Academy, God. Academy Award winning stuff there. Um, so, is is Matt Max Freebro her apex? Uh, is she never going to do better than that? I think that is her apex so far. I am hopeful that she will get something else good. Also, I believe she was nominated for an Oscar for Bombshell, which, like, she was good in that. I never saw it. 
I saw it when it was uh, untitled. uh, What was it? Untitled uh, Future Project 16-4. It didn't have a title on it yet, but besides that, it was completely the same as the finished cut. And I got about 800 emails asking me what I thought about it. Well, what did you think? Quick, what did you what did you think about it? It was fine for what it was. <laughs> no more, no less. Hold Pretty on, so it worked. So, so it's her top three, basically, just even just performances. I would say Mad Max Fury Road one, Monster two, and then I mean, is Long Shot three? Because Long Shot was a sweet movie. It was it was a like romantic comedy should have a balance of being funny and being sweet. Well, what about the Italian job? Italian job was that movie was good, but I mean that's it's like a B B minus sort of action movie. Like that's I mean, fair. But I mean for her as a performance, if that's what we're we're looking at. The last time I watched Italian Job was maybe like four months ago. And you you could have put I'm sorry, guy. I'm sorry, Charlie Foot. You could have put any beautiful blonde woman in that role, and it would like there was no depth to that character. Mm-hmm. I mean, no depth to any of those characters, to be quite honest. But like, she she did the job she had to do. Like, it was she wasn't terrible. Oh my god, the Devil's Advocate. Speaking of, oh my god, I forgot she was in the Devil's Advocate. Oh my god, that movie was a fucking ride. Ugh. Reindeer uh, games? What the hell is reindeer games? We walk out of here. What's the first thing you're gonna do? Go out and get myself a mug of hot chocolate. A piece of pecan pie. Right, That's right. right. He was a reformed ex-con who wanted to start a new life. You Ashley? about that smile for so long she was the girl of his dreams when i read what you wrote to me i said here's a guy they say is a criminal but he's not when i get back in that room you better be wearing nothing but a candy cane welcome home candy hey sis but between them and happiness what do you want from me i read your letters convict he knows you worked at that casino stands a team of criminals who wanted to take down the state's richest casino. This is my luck. Finally meet a boy that I'm crazy about, and uh, my brother wants him worse than I do. Reindeer Games is like a... It's uh, going back to B-minus action movies. It's Ben, ben Affleck. Basically, it's in 2000. It's one of these four movies she did in the year 2000. It's co-stars Ben Affleck. And it's about this guy who like recently gets out of prison... He finds his prison pen pal, which is um, Charlize Theron, and it's basically about getting this last score. So it's like... <laughs> she, was, she was pretty alright in that thing you do, wasn't she? Uh, I haven't watched that movie in at least a dozen years. Actually, I was I haven't watched that thing you do maybe since like a year after it came out. So I haven't seen that movie so in about 20 years. So the year I was born... Yes, I have not seen that movie in forever. But that was like a critical darling, so a lot of people yeah. love that movie. But for me, it was it was it was, was kind of sh- it was Tom Hanks is in it. The some tall handsome white man was in it. Like it was it was <laughs> a it was it was a tall handsome white man singing movie. Like no more, no less, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think that like obviously it's 
Mad Max Fury Road Monster, and then, like, there's a couple subpar options for three. All of which are good, but, like, Monster and Mad Max are on, like, a, a different yeah. platform. Yeah, they're, like, the, they're the championship range she has. Yeah. Like, like the long shot, I think, is, like, a four-star movie, four out of five-star movie. Like, for 2019, like, there was probably in the top, I would say, like, 90% of movies that came out. But you yeah. can still find like probably like a lot of better movies. Actually, you can probably find a handful of better movies in Long Shot last year. But um, I would say that's probably going to be number three. I mean, unless you want to slide in um, Atomic Blonde, which I I never watched. I wanted to watch it, but when it was panned, I like kind of dismissed it honestly. It Did wasn't. I watched the first half of it at, like, a sleepover, and then I got bored, like, not because of the movie, but because, like, there were, it was a sleepover, like, I was doing other things. Um, Not a fun sleepover. No, no (laughs) boing. Uh, Okay. But, like, you know, so, like, I I remember really enjoying it and being like, ah, I need to go back to this, and then I just didn't. (laughs) Probably because I didn't want to pay for it. Oh, shit. (laughs) Listen. I'm poor. I, uh, I had to buy one movie for this week, and, like, I complained about it the whole time. Uh, oh, you should have told me. Should have oh, told me. I didn't want to pirate Booksmart. It's on Hulu. I don't have Hulu. Oh, fuck. I thought you had Hulu. No, I have, like, everything but. I still would have got you, though. But, uh, but also, it would have been, like, an extra 20 minutes if it was Hulu with ads. Because that was an issue I had with Monster. Monster was streaming free on IMDb this week this month or whatever and uh i was like sweet and then every 22 minutes no matter what was happening ad break for a Um, minute and a half so in the middle of like that really like tender romantic like initial scene where they're roller skating christina ricci and uh that her which by the way major just shout out to christina ricci for being cool Uh. what happened to her that's a that's another question. What happened to her? Switch to Tubi, by the way. Tubi is better ad placement. But what happened to Christina Rucci? Or I have no idea, man. But it was like in the middle of that that tender first kiss scene. It was like, "How's your lawn?" And I was like, "Ah!" I mean, how is your lawn, girl? Uh, seems alright. Could use a trim, but that's not an essential service in this state. So hey, gotta wait. <laughs> We all could use some trim. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. All right, back to Christina. She fucking disappeared. Like she. I feel like she did something fairly recently, but like I don't know what it was. Oh, damn. Cause I'm looking at her thing, her IMDb, and well, her filmography, and she has movies here, but. I think this is all like straight to DVDs. Like I think the last she was in the Smurfs two in twenty thirteen. Oh my god. Was she Girl Smurf? Was she the goth girl smurf? Uh Vexy. So, yep. That she sounds, was the goth girl smurf. That sounds wild goth to me. She was my one of my friends like first kisses. Oh, they're cool. like the same age, and he ran into her at uh, FAO Schwartz 
in New York. Okay. And they, like, danced on the big piano together when they were, like, both 12. This was right before Adam's Family came out. Oh, okay. And they, like, did a, did a smooch. Shout out to shout out to smooching man. <laughs> Remember when we could do that? Oh my god! This... <laughs> like you know, it wasn't happening often, but it was at least a possibility. And that's sometimes all you want—you just want the possibility to randomly smooch girls that dance on pianos, like <laughs> with, with their cons- enthusiastic consent, of course. It's only, of course, if it's enthusiastic. We don't accept anything other than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she made, like, but, a ton of movies and then, like, just kind of chilled out on that. Yeah, I think she... she yeah, she may have peaked at um, Adam's Family, man. After after Speed Racer, she just, like, looks like, uh, I think I might be good. Yeah. Which, I'll like, be honest, I like Speed Racer a lot more than I... I probably should. She was in Black Snake Moon. Was she the girl that was craving it in that movie? I haven't seen it, but probably. That sounds oh, authentic. That movie, oh my god. That movie is a oh, waste. <laughs> that movie, I, can't, I, I can't even be nice about it. That movie is a waste. That movie was too fucking wild for words, man. And yeah, so she was this... So basically, the premise of that movie is, like, she's a sex slave to Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) Oh, man. Justin Timberlake is in this movie. (laughs) I... Why do why do I feel like Samuel L. Jackson's weird sexual proclivities are going to come up a lot in this episode? I mean, you gotta, daddy gotta get it in. <laughs> he has been married since 1980. I think he is doing fine on that front. Oh, this guy Sam Jack making the rounds. Literally, he was literally making the rounds in these by you. But before we pivot to that though, what do we make a monster? Is this like? I think it's a really well made, really unpleasant film. That's the longer short of it. Cause I'm 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 like ninety nine percent there with you on that. Like, I I give three and a half. The only reason I gave it a three and a half is I think that some of the some of the pacing in the middle felt a little off to me. Like there's uh, that time between the first murder and they like get the house, right? Great. Yeah. And there's that scene in the restaurant. Great. And there's the kind of then I needed. Like something to keep me engaged between that and when Selby decides to go out and make friends. Because there's like 20 minutes there that is real, just we've seen it. Because I was going to say, even them going to the, the, the fair, was that even really needed? Well, I kind of like the, the, the voiceover that existed there. So yeah. like, I'm glad that, because I think that show, like, when she's like, I can adapt to anything. Yeah. I like that. I think that helped. But I'm not sure that it needed to go with that long of a scene. Yeah. But maybe it was, because it was trying to build up that sense of foreboding. You know, I could see it, I could see it suffering without it. But there were a couple of sequences where I was like, this could be 10 minutes and that would be fine. 
instead of this is 25 minutes. Yeah, I think if this movie does not, if it's not directed by Patty Jenkins, well, I think it's, if this movie is directed by a man, I think oh this, my God. this movie is way unwatchable. Way unwatchable. <laughs> like, like so in real life, like um, the character that Shirley Storm portrays, like I think she ended up murdering like seven dudes. And the first dude was the only one to actually, like, um, you know, attempt to... Well, I don't know if they make it... I don't know if it's actually... If he completely finished and then she killed him after that or was in the middle, whatever, whatever. But in this movie, she only pops, like, what? Three. Three people in total? Three or four. Yeah, this is, like, a lesser director. Like, we're seeing everyone get got. Like, we're seeing, like, seven different dudes get murked out getting completely grossed out by it i think we don't really feel like the kind of relationship that christina and charlie sort of sort of share in the movie i think patty handled that really well i think if she's out of the movie or if Charlize isn't producing it and not starring in it like i think this is just like a a, a d-list action movie in, in the mm-hmm. worst way possible yeah that's why i was kind of torn because it's like I can kind of, I can see where in the wrong hands will be bad, but even looking at the movie itself, the performance from her is really good. Not, I mean, to be frank, like, she's really great in this movie, but as far as acting, not, like, everyone else in the movie is just, like, kind of okay. Like, Christina Ricci, like, she's okay. Like, she's not bad, whatever. I feel like there's a lot of good complexity in there, but I also feel like the movie doesn't focus on her enough for that to, like be remotely relevant i feel like christina ricci is doing the work but like we don't really have time to hang out and see the work because charlie's is just dominating every scene that she's in which this woman probably was like yeah you know but there's one moment where like you see selby start to like basically employ the same kind of turning everything around that she that Eileen does and I thought that was like oh like she's learning from her yeah and then and then like she goes home and she rats her out to the police and they use her as a like a phone call and and that's it like that's it yeah like it's a and I was like oh okay okay so that's like not her arc yeah I feel like the the turn the heel turn that she had like it was like pretty stark. Like she went from this girl who was super vulnerable, like super green, mm-hmm. and then you know we see her get the friends, whatever, whatever, and then from that, you know, we kind of just see, boom, 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 they're on the run. She's on a bus. All of a sudden, she's she's like a rat. And then when we get to the courtroom, it's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know the stranger at all. I need to, I need to testify against her to save my own life, and like that's it. And you know, obviously, if you're in a courtroom, you're not going to be like, you know, blowing kisses and sending out, you know, passing letters or whatever. But the starkness of the turn that was, it was actually kind of fucked up. It was kind of like when, when I can't on a on a sort of like street level. When people like rat on people, in that moment when yeah. she's like in the hotel with the cops, like that's when you're like, oh, this is 
fucked up. Like she, like if anything, when she did the first murder, or you know when she did the first murder, that's in the moment she should have turned around because she didn't. She's now an accomplice. Now she's basically snitching so she doesn't go to jail. So and that's the moment was like, bro, like. But also it, don't forget, like she's a white girl from a, a good family. Like even though she's kind of fallen from the fold. Yeah. Um, like she's not gonna get like she would never have gotten in trouble in the same way that like Eileen would have because she had priors. Yeah. You know. And also, yeah. I do think she knew about the first one, and she makes a decent case that it was in self-defense. And I think that this girl is so green, you know, and so so kind of new to the world that she buys it. Yeah. Like, um, it's, it's, and so then you... when she finds out about the other ones, she's like, uh... Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know about that. No, I don't want to hear this, Lee. But you need to. We can be as different as we want to be, but you can't kill people. Says who? I'm good with the Lord. I'm fine with him. And and I know how you were raised. All right, and I know how people fucking think out there, and fuck, it's got to be that way. They got to tell you that thou shalt not kill shit and all of that. But that's not the way the world works, Selby, because I'm out there every fucking day living it. Who the fuck knows what God wants? People kill each other every day. And for what? Hmm? For politics for religion and their heroes. No, no, there's a lot of shit I can't do anymore, but killing's not one of them. And letting those fucking bastards out there go and rape somebody else isn't either. No, Lee, that was one man. They can't all have been bad. You know me. You think I could do it otherwise? I'm not a bad person. I'm a real good person, right? Yeah, man. Like it's like the moment she accepted the money for the murders, murdered people, like she is in the wrong. Like that's and and that's why people hate snitches because it's like there's a like it's a big it's a big difference if like if you are from afar you witness a crime and call the police. That's one thing. But if you're like in the middle of it, you're doing the wrong and then you only rap to save your own self like that's when it's kind of fucked up and so yeah. all her cachet lost to me like when she was setting her up on the phone call i don't know that that is like to me that it felt like she kind of learned from eileen to survive oh no 100 percent. yes and like I, I don't i think when she found out about the money like because she didn't want she kept trying to give back the money Eileen tried to give her at the bus station. Like, once she realized that it was all dead people money, she seemed way less gung-ho about it. And when Eileen's like, you gotta you gotta leave, she doesn't really put up a fight about it. There's a moment when she realizes, oh my god, we killed a cop. Oh my god, they're onto us. And as that scene progresses, you can see her checking out and checking out and checking out. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure there's an argument to be made that that's entirely because she was worried about being, like, caught, caught. And it probably is. 
I am interested in I wanted a little more from her because I feel like we didn't get enough of her to make her a real character. Well, we both agree we'd never watch the movie again, all right? Nope. No, 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 no. Nope. Nope. That literally ruined my day. Like, yeah. I was out of commission for like three hours afterwards. I didn't so, yeah. start watching Booksmart until like 12 o'clock. I think I watched Booksmart first. I'm really I glad think. I didn't because that would have meant I would have had to double feature Monster in Eve's Bayou. Which yeah, you don't want would that. Been yeah worse yeah way to way to go patty jenkins for making an excellent film that i never want to even think about again all i wanted was a beer but the day i met selby i'd spend most of the afternoon sitting in the rain about to kill myself so you can understand i was flexible i mean everybody's got to have faith in something for me for me all i had left was love and i was getting pretty sure i was never going to love a man again so i was going to do it and the only reason I didn't was a $5 bill. I knew I'd probably given some asshole a blowjob for it, so it really started to piss me off that if I killed myself without spending it, well, then I basically sucked him off for free. So I made a deal. I said, God, I gotta spend this five bucks. But when it's gone, so am I. So if you've got something for me in this life, you better bring it on. And there she was. I hear that. So actually... Do you have movies like that that, like, you know, on one hand, it may be good, mm-hmm. but you know, like, you'll never watch it again? Like, there's this movie called Rosewood. I think it's actually during the Reconstruction Era of America in Florida. Basically, it's this, it's this movie about these white people. Mm-hmm. It's basically white people killing black people. Like, that's all, like, white, white people basically murdering black people and getting away with it. And that's all the movie is. And so... If I watch that movie, I will not, I will like be in a very negative place for a very long time. So yeah. I, I like willfully like choose like never to watch that movie again. Is there movies like that for you? I'm sure there are. Um, I'm struggling to think of some of them like off the top of my head because usually I just kind of disengage from them. Yeah. There's definitely one that was like a war movie and I can't remember what it was. It was, it just was, like, very gratuitously violent, and it showed, like, a lot of, like, civilian casualty. Oh, jeez. And I just remember thinking, like, while watching this movie, like, who is this for? Like, this isn't for anybody. I'm also trying to think of, like, movies that have made me feel tired, you know? Because that's, like, usually another reason that I try not to re-engage with things. Yeah. It might have been Threads? I have no clue what that is. It's a it's an 80s movie from the BBC. It's about like the Cold War. Basically what would happen if like the bomb dropped and like a huge chunk of the movie is just watching people get their skin melted off. That's sweet. Yeah. And then everyone else like trying to live in the world after that and like no. <laughs> yeah, I'm good on that. <laughs> I am uh, good on that. There was also some other movie that it was about, like, an assault case. I think it was Precious. Oh, with Gabrielle Sidibe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I watched that shit once. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I watched it a couple years after it came out because, like, I was pretty young when it came out. Yeah. And I was like, cool, I'm uh, I'm all set. Yeah. Like, that's, like, it's so funny. Like, that movie, that movie did give her a career and actually mm-hmm. gave Monique kind of dramatic notoriety, but... No one ever watched that movie again. <laughs> like, I feel like that movie got memed 
and then now like that's like that's the only time someone ever tried to rewatch that movie just to find memes of it and then that was it so yeah i'm never watching that movie my daddy's podcast is called hyphenation it's the world's greatest podcast barack obama proofed on hyphenation my daddy talks about all kinds of cool and sometimes I'm on the podcast too. Sometimes he has his friend Marcus on. Sometimes he stays up really late and he's tired the next day. But it's worth it. But you love this podcast and I love his podcast. So I really want you to listen to Hyphenation. So Daddy doesn't get sad. He really doesn't get sad though because he has me. Oh wait, please listen to Hyphenation. Thanks y'all. I love the podcast. So please but if you know him. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Can we hear it now? But pivoting to movies that are good and black, Ease by You. I loved this movie. Yes. It was depressing at some points, but generally not as downer as I thought it was going to be from the description. And, and I am here for this. I've always loved this movie. It came out in 1997. Um, the woman that directed this, she directed Harriet Tubman. Uh, I have not seen Harriet Tubman because I, I heard that's kind of a not necessarily problematic, but it kind of it kind of um, didn't meet the mark for a lot of people that I trust. So you maybe I'll the, watch it one day, but maybe not. I don't know. The villain of that movie is a a black man who has started working with a slave a slave catcher. That's what I heard. I heard it had that uh that Django Untang- Unchained type of vibe at that point. So that's kind of like why I like um chose not to watch it. So yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, I got invited to like a press screening of it, and I I had read a couple of reviews from uh black female critics, and I was like, I think I'm gonna wait. I'm going to yeah. let the dust settle on this one where that's going to settle, because uh, I don't feel great about this. Yeah, but this movie, Ease By You, like, I feel great about. Um, even sort of, the, the, like, the, um, like, southern, like, deep, deep south, like, kind of like um, religion and voodoo and stuff like that, like, that's always been something in media that's been traded, portrayed as, like, um, you know, I was like witchcraft and like shit like that, but like there's a real culture of that. Like I mm-hmm. it, like even beyond this movie, like I never really knew that, but this this movie is kind of a glimpse sort of like into that. Yeah. Um it's it's beautifully made, like the characters, yeah. like the actors, like the settings and like the 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 swamps and the marshes, like there are also two really, really good child actors in it. Yes. Uh, did you recognize the one? The, yeah. The, the dark skin? Journey, Journey Smollett is the little girl who is in Birds of Prey. Yes, there you go. I was yes. so excited. Yeah, man. We've been rooting for her for, for fucking ever. She was in, like, fucking... I'm pretty sure she was, like, Family Matters. Like, she's, like... It's funny. She was, she was basically, like, this like black child actress that has kind of been like in the consciousness of black folk since like as you can tell like the mid 90s the next time like she had like a like a big role like in her adulthood was when she did the um 
the Freedom Riders, I think that's what it was, when she did, let me see, I'm trying to f- Great Debaters, I'm sorry, it was the Great Debaters in 2007, and, like, she, like, you know, her acting mm-hmm. chops, like, definitely leveled up then, but, like, Eve's Bayou, man, like, that shit was... It was always good money for us. And she used to be like um in and out of full house like yep. randomly. <laughs> like, she was like so. Yeah, one of the friends. Yeah, I also remember that she was on Parenthood, which was a show that my my mom really liked. Oh damn. Uh like I sat sat and, and watched that show a decent amount. Uh she's also in a lot of a couple episodes of True Blood. Oh she is? Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I I love those books. I've read them all. I hate what the show did to them. Uh, it's, that that show's been really kind of cheesy to me. So I so I watch it, like it leans into a lot more tropes than the actual book series does. Like I it's mean, I, it's very clear that they're like okay, so this is gonna be like Twilight, but they fuck a lot. And it's like why why we had a nice thing because those books are like mysteries. Oh, really? Yeah, there are mysteries that just happen to, like, she meets a vampire, he's hot, they fuck, but there's a mystery, and all the guys, like, everyone in town thinks the vampire did it, and she tries to help prove that he's innocent, and then just, like, bad shit keeps happening to the town, or surrounding towns that are, like, vaguely supernatural, so she tries to kind of help figure that out because she's just real nice and people like her. Oh, I mean, the couple episodes I saw, I did not get that vibe. So yeah, I'll, I'll take the your TV word for it. The TV show was like, okay, what if they fucked a lot? And it's just like, we get it. Yeah. Vampires but, uh, have banging sex. Anything else? Speaking of banging sex, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Bro, he was slaying that wood all over town. Your lungs are clear as a bell, Stevie. I think you're going to live. Doctor, could you give me something for the pain? Eve, go on outside and play. (laughs) What pain is that, Stevie? I literally was like, she's like, the, the summer I killed my daddy. And I was like, right off the bat, I am telling you, child, you did not murder him. He got murdered his own damn self. <laughs> well, that's Before the, I, I think even that's... knew what was happening, I was like, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson was not murdered by a 10-year-old. Samuel L. Jackson was murdered as a consequence of his own actions. I mean, well, that I think that's actually kind of the brilliance of the movie where, like, you can make the decision for yourself. She obviously has the vision and the culture that they have, like, the religious culture, like, obviously in her family, it runs through her and her aunt. And, you know, it's a, it's a real sort of thing. So on the one hand, if you want to be really cynical, not saying you are, but like in general, like if you think kind of like cynically, you can say, yeah, like, you know, he he was fucking around like on with married women, which is another wild thing. And then that caught up with him. But then another thing you can say, well, maybe the voodoo is what made the husband happen to come home early that night. But no, I, I, I agree. I think it's I think it's the mystical forces that do play a hand in it. But ultimately, yeah, like him porking like other uh, thick married women is what led to his demise. And, you know, I hope I can relate to that one day. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, man. But um, I've always thought this movie was really well. Like, especially how, even at this time in 97, Samuel Jackson, like, is, like... I mean, to call Samuel Jackson a star in 97 isn't necessarily telling the whole truth. Like, yeah, like, Pulp Fiction came out. That elevated his profile. But, like, this movie's actually not about him. Like, this, this movie is about, really, the daughter's their relationship with each other, their relationship to the mother and the father, but then them kind of like finding their way through this wild ass summer or whatever. And so if you sort of look at the movie poster, like, yeah, he's, he's prominent in it along with, um, the actress that plays his wife, who was like very beautiful. Yeah. Um, uh, shout out to Lynn Winfield. But this movie's about, it's really about these kids. Yeah. I, he's you know, also only kind of half lit in the poster. Like yeah. both the parents are. It's more the idea of them and the fact that they kind of loom heavily over the story than I do think the poster is focusing on them. Yeah, but you said like this this movie is your aesthetic. Yeah, I love a good like 50s design. I have always felt uh, very, very truthfully that I can enjoy a lot of things about the 50s, like the dresses and milkshakes without like having any desire to go back to the 50s. And that's, this movie does such a wonderful job of the, especially the clothing. The aesthetic is so beautiful. Yeah. That party dress that the mom has on, I was just like, okay, so I need that. Uh, and like the purple thing that she, she has a dress with like a nipped waist and a wiggle skirt. And I was like, God damn woman. Like <laughs> shit. Everything everyone wears in this movie. I wanted. Yeah. Like, even the little overalls with the crop top that uh, Eve wears a lot. I was like, that also, please. That would be huge on Instagram <laughs> right now. So I just felt like it, it did that really well. And also, like, I I love a good bayou aesthetic in a film with the hanging kind of vines and all of the growth, all the green. And it's like a very particular type of green, too. I just think makes the movie feel so alive in, like, ways that we don't even see. Yeah, no, uh, like the the environment of the movie, it it pops out like the the Bayou like is the character also. Yeah, like, the nature aspect of this movie is like really beautifully executed and and visualized like really really well. Mm-hmm. The the nature aspect of the movie is really done very well. Um, the actresses, um, Moselle, who's played by Debbie Morgan. Like she was nominated for a couple of like independent awards for this for her role. She's gorgeous in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. not, like the acting as well as her like physical like her physical looks. She, they all do excellent in this movie. Like, and this is one of like, and it's actually kind of cool that this movie was made because, like in the nineties, like so for my um my letterbox, I have a list of top one hundred movies. Uh, wonder black films of the 90s and so i organized it based on the years so 97 is this major year for black film and the 100 films that i have on that list of 90s 1997 i think i have like 16 movies just on this one year alone and the only movie that was better than this in that year was spike lee's four little girls which is a um which is a documentary on the four girls that died during uh, the church bombings in like mm-hmm. the fifties. But this movie, like if you're talking about just regular movies, not documentary, like this is the best 
black film of 97 and i would even make the argument it's probably at least number five like top five of the 90s like that's Mm -hmm. that's the kind of quality this movie has but if you also look at the black films of the 90s a lot of them all have like this footing within whiteness what i mean by that is the movie has to have something that kind of revolves around whiteness or like them fighting for their blackness or fighting for the right to live or whatever. But he's by you is not that at all. Like this is their community. This is their religion. And this is their story. And then, yeah, like they're, they're the descendants of slaveholders, which, you know, most black people are, um, in America. Um, their story is outside of whiteness. So this is like a black story. And yeah, all these like boys in the hood, minister society, whatever, they're black stories, but they're told from a perspective of, of destitution, of poverty, of gang violence, and of drugs. But this movie is not that at all. Like, this movie is really just a story about how a family can be imploded because the man is fucking up, basically. Yeah. So this movie is like has a lot of great qualities to it, and that's I think that may be my favorite of it. Yeah, I I really loved it. I really felt that it it had so much depth and so much it had such mastery of tone. Yeah. And I I really feel like also with the excellent children acting and the kind of nature of understanding the evolution of the story being told even through different mediums. So the idea that Moselle can tell that kind of tell what Eve is trying to cover for her sister. Life is filled with goodbyes, Eve, a million goodbyes, and it hurts every time. Sometimes I feel like I've lost so much I have to find new things to lose. All I know is there must be a divine point to it all, and it's just over my head. That when we die, it will all come clear and we'll say, So that was the damn point. And sometimes I think there's no point at all, and that's the point. All I know is most people's lives are a great disappointment to them. And no one leaves this earth without feeling terrible pain. And if there is no divine explanation at the end of it all, You know, and then later Eve finds out maybe it was different. Yeah. And her eventually coming to the sister and the sister saying, like, I I, I don't know. Yeah. And a part of, well, I'm not really cynical about that aspect of it. Like, I think for a girl, you know, that young, let's say, for example, let's say she did romantically kiss her father in that way. I think for a person that young, I, they obviously, they don't know the difference in right and wrong in that respect. Like, I think she was a, a daughter who she loved her father and she wanted this sort of extra connection with him that he was getting from this other woman. But she's not old enough to realize, you know, a romantic love versus your family love. And so when he hit her, 
it was like, yo, what the fuck is going on right now? Mm-hmm. And so I can understand both of their perspectives. Like I can understand her being so young. She doesn't know the difference between right and wrong and not respect. I can understand him being so shocked that it would cause her to, to hit his daughter. And I can understand her response to that was like part embarrassment, part even betrayal in a sense. Um, and so, you know, I, I think, uh, and obviously, you know, she wants to tell a story that um, we don't even know, we don't know what the real truth is. And I think that's, not necessarily a bad thing. Like we can make our own decisions about that. Even like you know, with his death, like was it really the voodoo or was it like his karma catching up to him or something like mm-hmm. that? Like you know, I think when directors do a good job of giving the viewers their own leeway to make their own choices and own decisions, I think that's very powerful stuff. And so yeah. this director, Cassie Lemons, like she gave us like really powerful stuff. So this is a really great movie. I agree. <laughs> Part of me wants to evolve you too. <laughs> I don't know that I want like a, a hard sequel necessarily, but I would totally go for another story set in that town. Oh yeah, but I mean like yo, you know the funny thing? What is she? What is she like? Turns like an X Men superhero. <laughs> I could get behind that. Solving all these crimes in the bayou. Like, that'd be fucking gnarly. It's like Murder, She Wrote, crossed with the X-Men. I'm about it. Basically. But no, I I actually, I do agree with you. Like, if there was, like, a quote-unquote sequel, like, something different. Like, something outside of, like, their family. or not. Well, maybe it's their family, but, like, maybe just a different generation. Like, because Eve is, Eve is my age. Eve is only, Eve is just above two months younger than i am mm-hmm. so what if it's her daughters and they have the vision and they're kind of like navigating it and then the secret or whatever like it comes about and whatever whatever but the sequel this would be pretty fucking gnarly hiya puddins it's your girl holly quinn aka dr harleen quinzel here to tell you all about it. it's like a podcast or whatever we talk about nerd stuff and life stuff. And if you want to know what we're about, check out the Powie Awards, our 100th episode, Q and Slay, or Theater from Our Butts. <laughs> Have a good day, puddins, and love, trust, and belief. Booksmart. Please don't break my heart and tell me you did not like Booksmart. So I'll be honest. Oh, no. It. I think it will end in a place that you like it, but... I, the first hour of this movie, I was convinced that I was going to hate this movie. How? How? So I, generally speaking, I'm not a big, like, I don't like a lot of the tones of, like, modern kind of comedies. Elaborate on a little bit more. So I, I've never enjoyed, like, I don't want to name names, but I'm going to name some names. Name uh, I have, Like, those kind of Adam Sandler-y comedies, those, like, the hangover type thing. Like, I've never really enjoyed those. And, you know, I don't I, I didn't enjoy Bridesmaids tonally, even like Pitch Perfect. I don't really like that much. I have never been able to really engage with the tone of those movies. So like movies that they, they're not neutral at all, like new movies that the moment you press play, you immediately thrust into this is going to be a comedy. Yeah. And it kind of. I'm sure this sounds very pretentious, but like I have never found one that has like 
really convinced me to like stop rolling my eyes long enough that I can enjoy it. That's a bit surprising, seeing as how you like Grand Budapest Hotel. Right, but the reason that I like that is because it's kind of subtle and absurd humor. I'm I'm really enjoy humor as a person, but the fact that like that to me feels a little more thoughtful, even though it isn't always. I'm I'm following along. I'm putting it together, but I'm still following along. So keep so. Okay, the first hour of Booksmart. Obviously, I mean, hell, even the first, like, ten minutes of Booksmart. Like, you know, like, it's it's not... I don't... In all honesty, even though Jonah Hill's sister stars in the movie, I don't think it's trying to be super bad. Not saying um, you are, but if you're coming from a cynical space, you can say, okay, this is trying to be Booksmart with girls in it. Yeah, so tonally, I felt like the first 40 minutes or so is definitely trying to be super bad with chicks. Which, fine. I knew I had to finish it for the podcast. And also, my my best friend in the world, basically my adopted brother, Matthew, was like, Booksmart was my second favorite movie of 2019. Do it for me. It was my second favorite movie. And he was, I was like, okay, I will do it for you. Did you ever watch Community? No. So the thing that is really well executed about Community is that it starts on a little bit of an absurd base, right? Like, it's a little, it's a little out there. And yeah, I love the humor, yeah, yeah. As it goes on, that, like, ramps up and ramps up and ramps up, right? And once this movie finally, like, let its hair down a little bit and was like, okay, this is what we're doing, and we're going to go ridiculous. You know, we're going to have a long sequence where they're animated as dolls. Where's my badge? Uh, Molly, I have no genitals. How do I pee? How do I shit? I mean, I don't even have nipples. These are just mounts. My whole body's like a fucking dolphin. Just, just, perfect, round, huge mouths. What? Look at my body. I am beautiful. No, don't get sucked in. This is our nightmare, Amy. I know this is unrealistic and bad for women, but is it bad? Because I feel pretty good. I mean, this ass won't quit. Amy, use your brain! I don't need to use my brain. I just need to be smooth and flexible. Look at you, you bad bitch. We are going to have Billy Lord popping up in all these places in different outfits, and no one can explain why it's happening. Like, we are going to go hard 11 with the humor, but also those emotional stakes that seemed like gimmies aren't. So the way that this movie kind of turned really got me. And it, it actually made me go from being like, okay, like, I guess I can give it a three because it's made competently to being like a four, and I pretty much immediately started watching it from the beginning again when it ended. What was the scene that turned you? So it wasn't any one scene on its own, but it was like the way that the humor escalated, but also the kind of heart escalated with it. I valued that. If it had stayed at kind of the same level of like, oh, she's like a butterface, but for a personality, that kind of humor, which is kind of funny, I guess. Like if it had stayed that kind of bitchy humor of like, I'm smarter than you and I don't want to be here. Ugh, like she gets a lot of blowjobs, so she has a tacky nickname. Like all this shit. Like if it, it was very much presented like that was what it was going to be for a while. I would say probably the first half an hour or so. And it had to work pretty hard to regain me after that. But then once I kind of saw the whole, like I had to see the whole movie to get the whole vision. I think is kind of it here. You know, the funny thing is like, I do feel you when you say that um you don't necessarily like movies that are going to be like, as soon as we hit play, 
comedy like ramped up like there's a lot of movies out there that i if they don't pull it off like you can tell super early it's going to be mad cheese like just kind of not necessarily that smart or intelligent or whatever but for me it's kind of like I really love American Pie and I love Superbad. You're saying Bridesmaids, like I love Bridesmaids. But when you get to like the Hangover 2, then it's like, okay, now we're just kind of fishing for money now. When we get to like other sort of like, because even during that era, when we get into like these sort of mid 2000s, late 2000s movies where maybe some shit like straight to DVD where it's kind of like, I think it's Beer Fest or whatever, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of movies that, you know, when you look at the cover of the DVD, you know it's it's probably cheaply made. It's going for bro college humor. And so it's a lot of it can be easily dismissed. I legit think this is the funniest teen movie ever. It, it's so funny. Like, when I finished watching the movie, I was even considering if I like this more than 10 Things I Hate About You. And I actually, I love 10 Things I Hate About You. And I do think you're right. Like, what makes this movie so great is the eventual emotionality that comes out of the movie. Like, you're buying their friendship, but then when, once it falters, then you're like, fuck. Like, and then you get that just fight, get uncomfortable. I, like, was no, clenching my jaw the whole time. I was so anxious. And even, like, the car ride home with the, the other girl who's going to Yale. Yeah. Triple A. I love that. Yeah, like that was a that was a great conversation. Like even because even just the the simple it doesn't have to be like this grand speech. It's like mm-hmm. I didn't think the girls would call me that either. You know, this is why people say I gave guys roadside assistance, right? I gave them a ride home. That's all. Okay, that's not true. I blew them, but it's not like they ran out of gas and I showed up to suck their dick while they waited for help. We hooked up in their car. It makes sense to hook up in a car. I'm not gonna like suck a dick at my own home where my father can walk in at any moment. Also, I wanna enjoy it. Fucking sue me. You know what the worst part is? All the fucking girls call me that too. I knew like Ben and Max and Dick Splinter would say stupid shit. I just. I didn't think the girls would, too. Just, like, please don't call me AAA at Yale next year. I just want people to know my real name. Damn. Yeah. I also also was a big fan of the rich guy. Yeah, I liked it. He's like, listen, I want to make a lot of money designing airplanes, so then I can put up musicals. I'm done with this revival shit. And I was like, all right. Oh, man. I, I also liked the teacher. Like, there were a lot of characters that I really like, but I feel like in the first half an hour, they're trying so hard to, to I guess, introduce everybody and also make it clear how type A they are and make it clear how different everyone else is from them and whatever, that, like, I felt like people were, especially the two main characters, were typed a lot more than, like, they were characterized well, yeah, like, because you're basically blitzing through four years of high school on not even a full day of the last day of the school year. It's only right. literally, like, 40 minutes of them being in high school, and you're supposed to know every person's role. Like, you know you know the skater dude. Like, you know the dits. Like, you know the drama, like, geeks or whatever. Yeah. Once I finished the movie and saw that they all have little 
moments of kind of emotional finishing. Yeah. I was able to appreciate the beginning a lot more. But getting through the beginning initially, I was like, this better be some some payoff for this amount of kind of setup. So I'm watching Booksmart and I'm continually convinced that straight up comedy movies aren't for me. This is me at 40 minutes in. And then this is me at about 55 minutes in. This lift scene is actually pretty great. Video. People looking up. Sorry, are you talking about... All I'm saying... No. No one would know if you watched one porn one time. Think of it as a documentary. It's just a sexy documentary. It's a hot doc. All of those women are European trafficking victims. Excuse me, ma'am, are you judging other people's sexual preferences? Because you fuck a panda every night. Fuck a panda. So fucking funny. Are you about to sit here and judge me for dabbling in pornography? I thought you were a sex-positive feminist. Are you insane? Prince Brown, right. I have headphones. Four feet away. From I this. have headphones, madam. Alright, but once we get a sense of the mechanics, I am shutting it off real quick. Of course. It's for educational purposes. Educational purposes. Oh my god, it's a murder mystery party. I do love Billy Lord just, like, popping up random places. Okay, just kidding. I'm all in on this now. Oh, my God, it's the teacher. Damn, that's about a third of the way through the movie, yeah. So, like, for the first third, I was really not feeling the fantasy. So you don't like Mean Girls? So I saw Mean Girls for the first time my first week of college in 2015. By the time I had seen Mean Girls, it had been memed to death. Watching it was basically like watching a collection of memes stuck together, which made me struggle to engage with it in any deep emotional way. That said, I do think the story that Mean Girls is trying to tell is actually pretty good. So I can't, I can't clock it because of the circumstances under which I watched it. I thought it was fine. I liked a lot of it. I liked the relationship that Katie has with her parents. I liked the relationship that Katie has to eventually have with herself. That's the main girl's name, right? No clue, but keep going. Um, Lindsay Lohan. And I, I like it more than I like most of them. Most of the stuff like that. But at the same time, like, I feel like by the end of it, Mean Girls has a little bit of that escalation that I like as well. Damn. So, okay, for me, I'm, I'm trying to get a sense of... I like the, I would say the high school comedy generally a lot more than I like, like, the adult comedy. So, like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is one of my favorite movies. So, I'm in my top 25 teen movie list. And, yeah, it's it's 90% basically uh, comedies or drum, dramedies or whatever. So, here's my top five. And let me know what you think of just, like, a quick rapid fire, your yep. thoughts on this movie. Okay, so my number five is Breakfast Club. It was fine. I liked it a lot. It had a good emotional center. Perks of Being a Wallflower, my number four. Uh, liked the book better than the movie. Still thought the movie was all right. On a five-star scale, what would you give Perks? Three and a half. Damn. Dazing and Feast. I haven't seen it. Whew. So you gave Booksmart four. My number one, ten things. So what do you think on ten things? I haven't seen it. <sighs> <laughs> I, I, have, I have seen chunks of it, and the chunks of it I have seen I have enjoyed. 
I also think that maybe because all of the actors in it are kind of insanely charismatic. They are. And it seems to be really well written from the chunks that I've seen. I'm not opposed to a good, clever comedy. My issue is when they feel phoned in. Think of like something super popular that you just don't fuck with. Other than what we already like cover, like what's a movie that like people like a comedy like people really, really like where you were just like, I'm not with it. Well, the first one that comes to mind is Pitch Perfect. I know I mentioned that one, but, like, I do not fuck with Pitch Perfect at all. To the point where, like, a lot of people really like Anna Kendrick, and I really wish I could like Anna Kendrick, but, like, I <laughs> I have, like, a little bit of, like, leftover, like, from from watching Pitch Perfect the first time. Same, same thing with Skylar Aston. A lot of my friends are really into him. A lot of my friends are surprised I'm really not into him. I've finally built up a tolerance to him, but, like, it took a while. But, like... Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is definitely a comedy I really love. Actually, you never said, so you don't like Superbad. It's okay. It didn't come out at the right time for me, and by the time I saw it, I think a lot of the stuff in it kind of got absorbed into tropedom. I feel like we talked about Clueless on another... Have we talked about Clueless before? I think so. Yeah, because high school... (laughs) High school sophomore dating a college freshman... (laughs) Love that. Not what you want. I'm trying to think. So, like, I've never cared for the Hangover movies. What are I bringing on? I haven't seen it. We've talked about that one and how I haven't seen it. And you made that same noise. I would say that, generally speaking, I think that the the scary movies, disaster movies, superhero movies, I don't care for. But occasionally they have some funny chunks because they're sometimes basically anthology movies. So, like, the thing is not that I don't like comedy because i do i really do but like i have really high standards the cornetto trilogy so hot fuzz uh it's the end of the world and uh the other one that i can never remember i really like i think those are great i think they're impeccably scripted i think they're funny i think their timing is great i think they use incredibly charismatic actors i buy that friendship as the emotional center so seth rogan is someone particularly early in his career and even actually we talked a little bit about well, i talked a little bit about um long shot you say you never saw long shot no because he he does pretty well with balancing out the heart and also the comedy but his comedy does venture into like the the goofy territory let's do some more rapid fire yeah so yes or no uh that you like or that you did not see 40 version eh. damn knocked I... up no. <laughs> but also, you have you have to understand that a lot of these movies, I think, were a lot more in line with the zeitgeist when they came out, and I didn't see them until almost ten years after they came out. But, I mean... Comedy but, ages poorly. That's kind of a thing. Oh, uh, no. Not the good ones. Not the good... Uh, the good ones, they, they can mellow out, maybe, but, no, like, there's good comedies that can hold up from the moment it drops into infinity, like the, the good ones. Like I think even if like you can make an argument and say, for example, um, Step Brothers. Like Step Brothers is uh, super goofy, super over the top. Like it's like if you don't like Step Brothers, like there's not really big arguments to say you should like this yeah. movie. But I think even a movie like Knocked Up, where that movie. I think the movie does it tries to balance out the the lovingness as well as the you know mm. 
uh, pink eye jokes. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. So with you self-proclaiming that your standards for comedy are super high, is Grand Budapest Hotel the funniest movie you like? No. What's your favorite funniest movie? Uh, I don't maybe maybe funniest. Yeah, what's the movie you can say this is the funniest movie that I like? Might be like, well, I guess it depends if you consider Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead funnier. Oh, I, I, I barely watch one of those movies, so I can't really be a judge. Cause I, I'm really fond of those. Uh, I'm trying to see. Because, like, for me, the reason that I like Grand Budapest Hotel is that it's funny, but it's also ultra-violent. It's also about loss. It's also about just, like, overt human misery. There's a lot of layers in it, despite it also being funny. I mean, Seth Rogen got some layers beyond the pot and the pink eye jokes. I mean... I'm sure that he does, but I I will be honest, like, the, the last movie I saw of his was Sausage Party, and I was like, I'm good. <laughs> It's a fable. I'm fine. <laughs> I have no desire to sit through anything like this ever again. Um, I guess, like, I also really liked 30 Rock. Not for you. I mean, I, I barely watched that. I guess even, I guess the, most, the, the way that I would describe it is that, like, maybe I'm not into bro comedies. I mean, maybe. Like, maybe I know that, what... that makes it sound like bro country, like, but. No, this bro comedy, that's the real thing. I'm I'm not super into bro comedy, and I think that Bridesmaids, in my mind, is also kind of bro comedy. They're like shitting in wedding dresses and getting yeah. drunk. Yes. Yeah. And Pitch Perfect kind of tries to be Bridesmaids, but turned down a little bit. So so it's not R-rated, basically. And we want to sell a soundtrack because Glee is popular. I guess that's what I I personally don't like very much. I think you should give Long Shot a shot. Okay. Because, like, I'm just going through, uh, I'm scrolling on through, like, uh, yeah, and I like Ghostbusters, which is objectively a comedy movie. Like the last one that came out? No, the original. The uh, the last one that came out was alright, too. I didn't hate it as much as everyone else, but I also hadn't seen the original yet, so it wasn't like I had anything to compare it to. I'm literally on Will uh, Will Ferrell's IMDb page right now just to see, like, what's on there that I like. Ooh. <laughs> I think it's a lot of duds for you. Like, uh, I... Yeah, but also, like, I really like... He's in The Producers, which is, like, not a great movie, but as a musical is very funny. Like, The Birdcage is one of my favorite movies. I like Elf. Fine. It's not my favorite, but I like it. I liked Zoolander a lot. Hold on. You like the campiness of Zoolander? Yeah. But you don't like other movies that are funnier than Zoolander. I saw Zoolander for the first time when I was, and maybe only, I think I've only seen parts of it since then, when I was like 13. Okay. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure it connected with me as a 13-year-old. I have a feeling it would not connect with me to the same way now. All right, we'll see. Well, no, we won't see because I'm not watching Zoolander ever again. <laughs> oh man. Well, actually, let's let's kind of get back to book smart, and uh, we can kind of close it on in. Well, because mostly, I was actually kind of I am kind of fascinated by what people respond to. Like, like I said, like I legit think this is the funniest teen movie ever. Like, and I'm and I'm someone 
who like I grew up on like Porky's, like like um Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like Breakfast Club, like all those shits. Like I was like Sixteen Candles, like that was something that like was a part of not young childhood, but like basically like w- like teenagery, and then watching some as like adults or whatever. And like I mean, I watched Book Smart last year, and like I said, I think it's the funniest. I think it's I think it's so funny and it's smarter than those other movies, which yeah. actually, if you think about it in a roundabout way, I'm actually sort of supporting your claim for like not necessarily being sort of smothered by the broadness. Like, yeah, there's definitely like I mean, they they begin a movie pop locking outside of their house, like with no music in the background. Obviously, this is going to be a movie that is about girls. There's a, there's a big vomit joke, too. Yeah, this is about girls doing silly things or whatever. They're teenagers. Like, it's understandable. But there is sort of elegance and a sort of smartness and sort of caringness and warmth about this movie that a lot of other movies, like teen movies, they don't have. I I was so scared of you. I felt like I had to prove that I was better than you. But really, I don't know any more than you guys. All I know is that we have a lot more to learn. Because this part's over. And that's so sad. But it was great, wasn't it? <laughs> Things are never going to be the same, but it was perfect. And I, and I may not have before, but I see you now. <laughs> and you're all pretty great. <laughs> Don't let college fuck it up. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. So... That's why I, I really do fuck with this movie a lot. I do too. I gave it a five stars. That's how much I love I, I would like to rewatch it at some point. I don't want to pay for it again, though, so we'll see when that happens. But I would like to watch it again because I think I probably would like it more knowing where it was going. You know, the funny thing is when I first watched it, that's when I gave it the original five stars. And I saw it in theaters. And then I saw a lot of people responses weren't people liked it, but they weren't like super high on it. Like I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. And so I never wanted to watch it again because I was like, you know, this, if I'm like, I actually, I will be sad if I'm kind of like overrating this movie. But when I watched it again yesterday, like, no, nah, this is some five star shit to me. Like this shit is like, I'm, 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 I'm having on the background right now. And the two drama kids are too fucking much. <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah. Fuck. Also though, oh, just God, so funny. I love Billy Lord a lot. Um, and she has been in a lot of really great comedies. I feel like she does not get enough credit for being hysterical. So, I don't know. You remember, like, you you know American Horror Story, right? Like, the Ryan Murphy show. Okay, so she's on that. But she's also on the show that Ryan Murphy made parodying his own show called Scream Queens. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Which, if you haven't seen, is excellent. I literally made the boy I was dating freshman year of college. Like, I sat on him and made made him watch it with me. Hilarious. And he was, like, wound up being, like being like move i need to see that come on like get off i'm invested and i was like okay she and she was so funny in that like she's always a riot oh i i didn't know she was carrie fisher's daughter yep 
She also has the the first line in uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. Holy shit, that was her. Yeah. Yeah, and she and Poe Dameron have definitely fucked. I knew that was, like, in the movie, I knew she was Carriage Fitcher's daughter. I did not recognize her as being this girl in Booksmart. Damn. Yeah, I love her. I, too, love her now. Watch Scream Queens. It's super underrated, and I want more people to watch it. She smashed Poe Dameron in real life, huh? Does she? Did she? I I thought you just said that. Oh no! There's like a scene in uh in uh Last Jedi where he like looks at her and she kind of does a little like, mm. and I'm like, oh oh, there's some history there, Henlow. Uh, I mean, everyone does that to Poe. I mean, I also feel like there's definitely like a a like, hey, you'll do this for me, right? You know, for old times. Like it's got a it's got an energy. I mean, Poe has that energy, man. I mean, also you know, hey, Finn was out for a while it happens they really should have smashed man just got it over with man i know right yeah so i guess scream queens is on hulu watch the first season i didn't watch the second season because i kind of forgot it was on also show favorite jamie lee curtis in scream queens nice yeah yeah that show is so good i wish i had hulu (laughs) (laughs) we'll get you a plug don't worry hi sponsors my name is Catherine. i review media i am young and relatively symmetrical so i look good on instagram please jesus shout out to the angles give me free hulu i'm so tired and i please i'm very small and i have no money <laughs> you can only imagine the kind of pressure i'm under so, so of the three movies do we agree at least the most visually stunning is Ease by you? Yeah. The most jarring is definitely Monster. Yep. <laughs> of the well, I well we already know obviously Monster's not gonna meet this question, but what movie? And I I mean I grew up watching Ease by you, so I kind of already know what I'm gonna ask with this movie. But and I think you already kind of took your hand anyway. But of the three movies, what's the movie that you're most wanting to rewatch again. I honestly think that that's a complicated question because I would like to watch Booksmart again, but I also think that Eve's Bayou is a movie that I'm going to revisit many times. Oh. Like I, I get the sense and I'm usually pretty good about these things that like this is a movie that I will probably watch again in, in six months and probably again after that. Nice man, nice. Like it's so funny because like um, it came out ninety seven. Watched it a bunch when it used to replay on HBO. But which then, is actually where I watched it right now. It's on HBO. Yeah, and then for years it was just kind of just away. And then in college, I like had to buy the DVD probably for like twenty bucks. Um, and now the DVD is somewhere in my storage, but um. Yeah, it's actually the funny thing is we're talking about we don't know what actually happened in a deleted scene um, that you can't even tell would even be there anymore. Like there's a character that actually lives with them. It's their it's um the girl's grandfather, but he's kind of like a invalid, I guess. Is that mm-hmm. the appropriate word? And so he doesn't speak. Like he just kind of he just observes, and so. 
he's actually in the room with them when it happened. So it's like he's the only one that really knows the truth, but because he doesn't talk, like no one ever really know the truth. But that's why DVDs are so great because you can actually see deleted scenes of shit. Like you don't get this anymore. Disney Plus, I'm really impressed that they have been uploading a lot of the special, like the special features that DVDs. And I have been consistently pretty impressed by that. Yeah. And frankly, I, I did notice that's that for the Star one Wars thing stuff. I think they're doing better than other streaming services. Yeah. It's super weird that they don't, like, most, more people don't have, like, even, like, director commentary. Like, like for Netflix to even have director commentary on their own movies, like, that would make perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I kind of wish more directors did what what our boy uh, Ryan Johnson does and just releases them himself. He's like, here's a here's a link to where you can download a podcast that you can play about me talking about Looper that fits in time with Looper. Fuck, I did not know that existed. And and when I say press play, you press play. Like, (laughs) so he has it for Last Jedi as well, I'm assuming. I think he's got all of them up now. Nice. Uh, and he gives them away for free, which apparently the studios hate. I mean, the studios, they hate everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know the next one I'm going to watch is by you. My rewatching habits are, like, they're not necessarily non-existent now, but, like, like I, I don't really go out of my way to rewatch movies anymore, which kind of sucks. Like, I love, like, I mean, that's kind of the thing, like, I used to do, like, a lot, because, like, cable, like, was not a thing. I mean, cable was cable was a thing that the the purpose of it was for like rewatching like all these classic ships or whatever. Yep. Find Cat at Catchinetti on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Find Marcus at Show and Mad Love on Twitter and Instagram. S H O I N M A D L O V. Please join our Facebook group at We Should Do This Again Sometime and follow us on Twitter at Cat K A T and mark m-a-r-c read us at catseasmovies.tumblr.com and the mark rob t-h-e-m-a-r-c-r-o-b dot wordpress.com be sure to tip your waitress at katherine chinetti on venmo this podcast is executive produced by kellen conley and eric greenley under hyphen podcast group in conjunction with it's like a podcast or whatever thanks again for listening we should do this again sometime <laughs>